back. Hi. Hello and welcome to Knock Knock I with Dr. Glock and Flecken. This is your one-stop shop for more information than you ever cared to know about eyeballs. You're going to get it here, all right? We're going to uh we're going to talk uh, about something very uh, dear near and dear to my heart today. Uh and we'll get to that in a second. But this is um this is again Knock Knock I. So I get to just sit here in this room by myself and talk all I want about eyeballs. As everything, you know, whether whether or not it's helpful or important or necessary or interesting, it doesn't matter. It's it's whatever. I'm the boss here. I can I can talk about whatever I want with regard to eyeballs. I don't know, maybe I'll venture into other areas of medicine too eventually. Uh that scares me a little bit to to think about. But uh you know what? I'm I'm the boss. So I, I can do it. I will. We'll, I'll stick with eyeballs for now. Uh, and so uh, we'll we'll talk about um, uh, something called angle closure glaucoma today. Angle closure glaucoma. So this is a the next chapter in our series of pants patients. Uh, once again, a pants patient is uh, when I get information from the emergency department or from anywhere about a patient that results in me being on call, putting my pants on, and rushing in to see the patient. Pants patients are the true emergencies in ophthalmology. That's what we're talking about. We've addressed uh, uh, extraocular muscle entrapment, um, chemical injuries, open globe injuries. Well, today is acute angle closure glaucoma, one of the other true emergencies in the eye world. Uh, and this is a, a very special uh, 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 topic for me because my the most famous thing about me, which is not my real name, but the name Dr. Glockenflecken, comes from angle closure glaucoma. That's it. So we'll get there in just a second. So uh, glaucoma, we just talk about glaucoma in general. So this is what glaucoma is. We've all heard the word glaucoma. It's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a significant disease that it's, it's one of the most common causes of blindness out there. And, uh, and so it's something that a lot of people are concerned about because it can be insidious. Glaucoma is a disease where pressure in your eye, it can be high pressure. It can also be normal. You can also have, you can have a normal eye pressure and still get glaucoma. So, but the point is you have a, a pressure in the eye that causes damage to the optic nerve that results in visual field loss. That's glaucoma. That's glaucoma. So it affects your peripheral vision typically, but it can also affect the central vision in certain types of glaucoma. Um, but uh, And so that's why every time you go to the eye doctor, they're always concerned about the pressure. They always check the pressure. Now in ophthalmology, we always check it with what's called applanation, where we uh, you know, measure the tension that it takes to depress the cornea, and that gives us a number. Uh, uh, there's another thing called tonopins, that little tap on the eye. All pressure measurements are, the, the underlying mechanism is more or less the same. It's just different things to, to do it, whether it's the, a pin, like a tonopin that taps on it, um, the, the applanation I mentioned, but also in optometry, they use a uh, um, the, the puff of air, which a lot of people don't like. So... But it's doing the same thing. It's kind of pushing on the eye and, and get, reading a pressure back. Normal pressure in the eye, 
again, this is one of those uh, useless facts that may never help you in any way, but uh, is uh, uh, between 11 and 21. That's what we think about as the normal range of pressure. And so, again, you can have what's called normal pressure glaucoma, where you have like a pressure of like 15, and you still develop glaucoma. There's lots of things we don't know about. Glaucoma is very mysterious. It's also very challenging. And, uh, and, and I decided not to do glaucoma because it's a, it's a fellowship you can do. You can finish residency in ophthalmology and then do a one-year fellowship in glaucoma. Uh, I chose not to do that because... I was well just done with training after after residency. I was like, I I cannot do anymore. This is it. Uh, get, I need to find a job. Also, as I was going through every rotation, whether it's glaucoma or cornea or retina or pediatrics, like after two months, I was done. I was like, that's enough. Like I I'm good. I get it. So that taught me I need to be a comprehensive ophthalmologist where I can just kind of dabble in all these different things. But if anything serious comes up uh, that needs a higher level of care, then I just send the patient to one of my trusted, brilliant colleagues and they take over. So I did not, glaucoma was not in the cards for me. It's a very challenging specialty. There's a lot of things we don't know about it. Um, and uh, but, but there's one universal truth for how we treat glaucoma. Regardless of what kind of glaucoma you have or what your pressure is, the treatment is to get the pressure lower, lower the pressure. So in a way, it's kind of beautiful how glaucoma, uh, you're going to hear me nerd out about eye, eyeballs in this, in this episode here. Um, one of the, the, the cool things, even though it's, a, it's such a challenging specialty, it, it's, it's just such a, in a way, it's simple, right? That's all you got to do. You got to get the eye pressure lower. Now, there's lots of ways to do that. There's medications, there's drops, there's surgery, there's lasers that'll lower the eye pressure. Lots of different things. We're, gonna, we're not going to get into all those. But um, but yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal with any type of glaucoma. Just get the eye pressure lower. All right, Easier said than done. So specifically, angle closure glaucoma is a type of glaucoma that occurs very rapidly and can very quickly cause blindness and severe, severe blindness. So I want you to think about the eye like a bathtub, all right? The eye itself has a pressure to it. And so, and the eye is also producing fluid and draining fluid to maintain a steady state pressure. So like if you had a bathtub, the drain's open, but also the faucet's going and the water level is staying the same, all right? That's, that's your eye pressure, the water level. And when you have some forms of glaucoma involve, uh, you know, too much water, too much pressure, you're producing, producing too much fluid um, or not enough fluids exiting. You're either running up the tap, turning up the tap, or, or not draining enough. So in some way or the other, the water level is too high. All right, the pressure is too high in the eye. With angle closure glaucoma, what's happening is the drain is totally closed off. Now, in the eye, the drain is the trabecular meshwork. That's the, the corner of the eye. At the edge of the cornea where the cornea, the clear front part of the eye, touches the sclera, the white part of the eye, inside, that's the, it's called the angle. That's where your drainage tubes are. So when you have angle closure glaucoma, those drainage tubes, they close off. 
Now, there's a lot of reasons why that can happen. All right, we're not going to get into all of those. Um, but when you have acute angle closure, usually what that means is the iris has started to bow forward and has closed off those drainage tubes. So the angle is closed. So you have a bathtub, you're plugging the drain, that water level start, starts rising immediately. And it starts, it keeps going. And your eye pressure starts to rise because you don't have those open drainage tubes. And so the eye pressure is rising, going up, you know, normal is eight, 11 to 21, right? So you're going up, you're going up to 30, all right? You're getting past 30, you're getting into 40. And now you're above 40, all right, that's when the patients will start having lots of symptoms. All right, they'll start feeling like this deep ache, this deep pressure around their eye that's progressively getting worse. They're starting to get nauseous. They start throwing up all right, because of that pressure. Eye pressure can get up into the 50s. It can get up in the 60s. It can be astronomically high. At this point, you're starting to get swelling in the eye, corneal edema. The vision's getting really hazy. That's when people start to get concerned. They're having lots of pain and their vision is getting worse. So they come into the emergency department, all right? One of the things that I would expect every emergency physician to be able to do, and they're very good at this, is checking an eye pressure. Vision and eye pressure. Those are like the ocular vital signs, all right? So you're checking a vision, it's blurry, whatever it is, 2080, 2100, Maybe just hand motion vision. You just, all the patient can see is your hand moving in front of their face. And the eye pressure, they check it usually with a tono pin, which is not the most accurate way to check pressure. But again, in an emergency situation, all you're looking for are wide variations. All right. I don't care if the pressure is 22 versus 23 or 19 versus 21. I'm looking for is the pressure super low for whatever reason, like four. Or is it super high for whatever reason, like 40, right? If it's over 40, I'm concerned that is officially a pants patient. Honestly, it doesn't really matter what's causing the pressure to be 40 because there's a whole ton of things, a whole list of things. If, the, if you tell me on the phone the eye pressure is over 40, I'm putting on my pants, I'm coming in to see the patient. Pants patient. Angle closure glaucoma. And the reason at, and, and the, at the point where I know it's angle closure is by looking at the eye. So I get the patient up to the slit lamp. I know their pressure's high. All right, their vision's cloudy. I get them up to the slit lamp and I look at that angle. I look in their eye and I can see that that iris is bowed forward. It's closed off that angle. There's no space there. And so now we got to treat it because if, if we don't treat it right away, then the eye pressure will put too much stress on the optic nerve. The optic nerve doesn't like high pressure. It basically, can, it just compresses those nerve fibers and it causes the nerve to atrophy. And when you, optic nerve atrophy, that's what connects the, the eye to the brain, the optic nerve. It takes those signals, all right, that image, and it projects it to the brain. Well, if you, that nerve, if you start losing the fibers of that nerve, then you start getting vision loss and it starts peripherally typically and then it slowly moves to the center and you can if your eye pressure during an angle closure glaucoma event if it hangs out above 40 for too long then you're going to lose your vision that's why this is an emergency that's why this is a pants patient so i come in i see the angles closed 
the eye is red, the cornea is cloudy, the pressure is 50. All right, we have angle closure glaucoma. And so the first thing we're going to do is the most immediate thing we can do, which is start eye drops. All right, so we use combination drops. I don't have an interest in any of these drops, so there's, there's no financial you know, disclosure here. It's just These are just the drops we use. So we use combination drops um, because we can get more medication on the eye, so that would be like Timolol, Dorzolamide. These are, uh, and I'm just going to name them, uh, and Bremonidine. Those are three drops that can work relatively quickly and can help get the eye pressure lower. The mechanism by which they decrease the pressure is by turning off the faucet. So I, I told you, remember the eye is like a bathtub. Right now, that drain is closed. That faucet's on, it's filling up with fluid, it's raising the pressure. So with those drops I mentioned, Timolol, Dorzolamide, uh, Bramonidine, doesn't matter exactly what the mechanism is. Uh, the, I, I don't want to bore you too much with this topic. What they do is they, they, they decrease, they turn that faucet down. They decrease aqueous fluid production in the eye, all right? Because the, the drain's closed. You can't open that drain right now, not with drops. You can't open it with drops, but you can turn the faucet down. So that's what those drops do. Another thing we'll do is start oral acetazolamide. So carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, we have them topically, we have them orally. So as long as the patient's got decent kidney function, then we can give them acetazolamide that'll also decrease fluid production quite well too. It's really powerful one. Um, and, uh, and so we use all these things, all these topical drops, we're giving them like every 30 minutes, every 20 to 30 minutes, really trying to keep that fluid level down in the, from uh, in the eye. And it, it actually it can't can help. It can if if our goal, we need to get that pressure down as quickly as possible safely. But often with acute angle closure glaucoma, that's not the only thing we 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 can do. So my goal initially, when I see the patient, I use drops, I use the oral pills. If I can get, I need to get that pressure lower. And as the pressure lowers, then the cornea will start to clear up. Remember, the pressure of 50, that cornea is going to be cloudy. You're not going to be able to see anything. Look at the slit lamp. If I can get that pressure down, then the cornea will start to clear up. And the reason that's important is because then I can use a laser to make a little hole in the iris and provide a separate pathway for fluid to exit the eye. All right, it'll, help, it'll help push that iris back into a normal position and open up the drainage tube. That's what the laser does. It's called a laser peripheral iridotomy. All right. So now there are there are different types of angle closure glaucoma, and uh, that laser doesn't work for all of them. Sometimes we got to do like a major surgery, where we put a tube in the eye, or we do a trabeculectomy, or there's all kinds of things. I'm not going to go over all these. It's way too many. Remember, I'm not smart enough to be a glaucoma specialist. I know what they do. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I mean, I have a general sense. I wouldn't try to do it myself because it's something that's very technical, but I'll do it. Lasers. Yeah, I'm good with that. So we'll do a laser. We'll start them on these drops. And this is one of those things. Like you get a call about an angle closure glaucoma patient in the middle of the night. That's your night. I said the same thing when we talked about chemical injuries. Like you're, you're with that patient for hours. You got to get that pressure down by whatever means necessary to save the patient's vision. And so once I can get the vision like under 40, 
then they're out of the woods in the immediate future, right? So they can go home. I see them in clinic the next day. Uh, and then we keep managing their pressure. So now I, I, I mentioned like I, this is one of my, I love angle closure glaucoma. And the reason is because um, my name, Dr. Glockenflecken, comes from a finding that you see in angle closure glaucoma. See, people think that I am actually named Dr. Glockenflecken. Like that is, I've had people call the office, like, I would love an appointment, please, with Dr. Glockenflecken. And, and then they have to say, well, actually, it's Dr. It's Dr. Flannery. And sometimes people are like, no, no, I don't want Dr. Flannery. I want Dr. Glockenflecken. So it, it ends up being a conversation. So it, it's, uh, we, we work it out. Uh, and then I, I'm happy to introduce myself as Dr. Glockenflecken if people want that, but typically they don't. Um, but the reason I chose Glockenflecken was not honestly because I love glaucoma so much. It's actually because I was just trying to come up with the most ridiculous word in ophthalmology that I could think of because I knew that my persona on social media would be this comedian guy. And uh, uh, fortunately, there's a lot of silly words in ophthalmology, glockenflecken being one of them. Uh, it was either going to be that or Dr. Pseudophacodonesis. That was a little much. So I went with the much easier to pronounce Dr. Glockenflecken. Um, uh, and so, uh, but what, what Glockenflecken is, what, what that represents when you have in a, in a, in an episode of angle closure, what'll happen is tissues. When you have high pressure in the eye like that, you don't have the regular, um, uh, you know, a flow of nutrients and fluid because normally, again, you have the, the fluid coming in and then it's exiting and it's bringing in electrolytes and, and you know, growth factors and all these things that keep the eye healthy. Well, when you, when you close up the, the drain, when you close up the drain, then things just stop. You stop having that nice flow of nutrients. And so things inside the eye start to die off. They start to not work right. All right. All of a sudden your pupil, it the iris doesn't move back and forth and you have denatured uh, lens proteins. When you're looking at someone's pupil, you're looking right through their lens. And when you have angle closure, you can get these uh, uh, denatured proteins on the lens that when you look at it with a, with a microscope, uh, they look like these little grayish white clumps that are called glockenflecken. Hilarious, right? Like, like, why? What? What better name could there be for a comedian than Doctor Glockenflecken? I, it's, it's, uh, boring as hell to be honest. Um, but uh, anyway, that's so you all know now. That's where Glockenflecken comes from, and why I so wanted to address this topic. So that's acute angle closure glaucoma. All right, it's time for the don't do that. The don't don't do that eyeball tip of the week. All right, so uh, every week uh, I give you uh, something that you shouldn't do to your eyeballs because your eyeballs are so are so important. They're precious. You only get two of them. All right, you do, I mean, most of us, at least, no, all of us, uh, you, know, you just you want to keep them healthy. You want to keep them safe. So the don't do that eyeball tip of the week is more of a, um, a symptom that you don't want to ignore. All right, I tell people this when I talk to medical audiences. Um, the really bad things with your eyes, they're going to have uh, pretty characteristic symptoms, all right? The biggest thing is when you have a lots of pain, like worsening severe pain along with a decrease in vision. 
Don't ignore that. That's your don't do that eyeball tip of the week. Don't ignore pain with a decrease in vision. You can have eye pain that doesn't really cause much blurriness, but if you're starting to have a, a like a severe pain and your vision is progressively worsening, don't ignore that. All right. Go see, go to the emergency room, see, call your eye doctor, triage, whatever it is. Tell somebody, or urgent care. I don't know. Just seek medical attention because that's when the real bad things start happening is when you have pain with a decrease in vision. Now, regardless of what your symptoms are, you can always talk to somebody about it. I mean, you should, right? If there's something that worries you about your eyes, seek medical care. But it's that combination of symptoms that gets to be very worrisome for us is when people have a decline in vision with lots of pain. All right. So we're talking angle closure, glaucoma, uh, injuries, chemical injuries, uh, which you're going to have other history with that, obviously, but uh, uh, things like giant cell arteritis, uh, corneal ulcers, you know, just things that need attention. All right. So don't do that. Don't ignore those symptoms. All right. Your ophthalmology fun fact. Here's one for you. I don't know if anybody knows this, but do you know why your nose runs when you cry? Do you know? I'm I'm asking you like like you're going to answer me. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Your nose runs when you cry because that's where your tears drain. So, this is the drainage system for your tears. You cry, you cry, cry, cry. All you got all these tears and and they drain through these little holes called the lacrimal puncta. So you have a lower one and an upper one. Lower eyelid, upper eyelid. Both of them toward the nose. If you look real closely, you can see the little holes right there. You can kind of pull the eyelid down. You can see the little hole where the tears drain. And what happens is they go through that tube, that that opening, right at the, the eyelid, and they drain through these things called the canalicular system. So these canalicular uh, tubes. And then they go into this thing called the lacrimal sac, which is right on the inside corner of your eye, underneath the skin. Now we're getting more toward the nose. From the lacrimal sac, those tears, they drain down through the nasolacrimal duct and then come out your nose. There's a little opening in your nasal cavity where the tears will come out. And so if you do a lot of crying, your nose is going to run because those are just tears. That's not anything else. That's actually your tears that you're making. They're now coming out your nose. Uh, so anyway, that's that's why your nose runs uh, when you, when you cry, you know, there's lots of things that like, I feel like I take for granted. Like I just knew I was, I was reading through my, my textbook and I was, I was, I read about this in one of my textbooks. I was like, you know, I, I've known that for so long, but maybe people don't know that. Maybe people don't know where, why that happens. So anyway, um, uh, hopefully, uh, that, that is enlightening information for you all. And again, uh, these are all party tricks, right? Uh, you can, uh, you can impress your friends, your family, uh, your date, but keep in mind, I haven't dated in a long time. I've been married for like 12 years, so don't take any dating advice from me. Um, all right, that is the ophthalmology fun fact. Now, finally, what you've all been waiting for, the explain like a mate, all right, where I have an eight-year-old ask me a question about the human body, and then I answer in terms that an eight-year-old would understand. Here we are. Here is the question for explain like a mate. When you hit your funny bone, why does it feel so weird? That is a great question. When you hit your funny bone, why does it feel so weird? <laughs> That's See, even though I'm an ophthalmologist, 
I know things like I can, I can, I, I should probably actually explain what it is before I tell you how much I know. Um, so yes, the funny bone, uh, that is, uh, your ulnar nerve that you're hitting. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know the, the part of the bone, the electric, that's not the electronon. It's like a, some kind of tubercle. <laughs> so anyway, you have this little groove in your elbow on the inside corner of your elbow. That's where your ulnar nerve, your ulnar nerve sits. And if you hit it right, if you just kind of compress it, punch it, whatever, like poke it, then it'll cause all this, this tingling because you've kind of just, the nerve didn't like that. So you're kind of just like activating that nerve and it's causing all this tingling that goes down your arm uh, and, um, and also, um, affects your, your pinky and half of your ring finger. You'll feel all that. And it's kind of painful because nerves don't like being messed with. Right. So that is why it feels funny when you hit your elbow. There you go. I, I hate that. Don't you hate that? I'm not a big fan of it. Thank, thank you to the orthopedic surgeons for sticking through that, you know, um, that explanation. I'm sure you're probably cringing like crazy. Anyway, uh, that's explained like a mate. Now, as always, if you have um, uh, if you have any questions, or if your kids have questions, I think I do have children that that watch my videos. In fact, I've been at conferences where uh, people bring their kids up to me, and this happened once. This is awesome. And the two kids they 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 reenacted one of my videos for like right there in front of me. They like had knew all the lines and everything. It was awesome. Uh, so I, there are, there are children. That's why I keep this, uh, this whole thing PG. There are children that watch, uh, my content and watch, uh, uh, or maybe are listening to this. So if you have questions that you want me to, to answer in the, uh, the, like, like, uh, ex explain to an eight year old, um, I'm happy to do it. Just let me know. Knock, knock high at human content.com. That's where you can, uh, you can, uh, send any questions or recommendations or other segments you want to see on these once a week knock knock I episodes. Um, I'm having fun doing it, and uh, we're we're getting toward the end of the pants patients. I think I have a couple more, and then we'll we'll open it up to other non-emergent things, which is like 99% of ophthalmology. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to other things, but just give me your suggestions. Let me know what you think. Do you like these? I guess we'll find out. We'll see how many people listen to it. Uh, but anyway, that's it for today for today's episode of Knock Knock I. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time.